Welcome to Jesus Talks. We pray that this podcast would encourage and provoke you to be just like Jesus in every area of your life. Thanks for joining the conversation. Hello and welcome back to Jesus Talks podcast where we invite you into our conversations about Jesus. Uh, We are here with another week. We're actually starting a new topic this week uh, and have invited um, one of our good friends, um, Katie Braswell, to come in and speak with us. She's very passionate on uh, a lot of subjects, but this one in particular has really, you know, the Lord's really been working on our heart as far as uh, here lately um, with Gen Gen Z and um, millennials. And, you know, who's who's going to pass the torch? Who's going to take the torch? Are we leading well? Um, so we're going to dive into all those topics as well as what does Gen Z culture look like? What, you know, how how are they viewing the world? How do they worship? What do uh, what does Gen Z led church look like? So, uh, Katie, welcome. Uh, Shane and I uh, are excited to have you here. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, Well, thank you guys for having me again. Uh, It's good to be back, friends here. Uh, I honor both of you and just proud of where you guys are headed and what you're doing for the Lord, in the Lord, and with the Lord. Uh, Tonight, like he said, um, Gen Z, I was struck during the send. We we did not get to go this year, sad. Sad. But we, we watched online, and there was a statistic thrown out that I have not been able to shake, and we're going to talk about it tonight, that Gen Z as a population is going to be the his, historically the largest population on the earth in history. And there's an alarming statistic when we look at the church where they stand biblically and in the faith of, of Christianity. So... We desperately need to have a plan moving forward if we're going to pass the baton in our faith. Uh, because now that we have all three of us have children, my daughters uh, after Gen Z are considered Generation Alpha. And That's yeah, we are looking at a post Christian America. Should yep. we not pass our faith on? So. That's what I'd love to talk about tonight is what their worldviews are and what we could do to reach this next generation because it looks so different than what we have done. Sorry. So chances are what we're probably going to do is probably going to be broken down into two parts uh, just because there's a lot of information. If we can fit it all into one, we will. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, so what will probably happen is if it winds up on a (laughs) – we were talking about it before – maybe a downer – uh, there is redemption in the second yeah, yeah. part. So uh, we're going to just go over some t- statistics, uh, go over some facts about what's going on with Gen Z, um, and maybe that you weren't aware of, and, um, and you know, maybe some prayer points as well. So, all right. Yeah, let's start off with some of the natural facts looking at Gen Z, and then we can close with spiritual truth because we know that natural facts might not mean truth. And this is what I am seeing when I look into Gen Z. So just to blanket, first of all, you might be listening and saying, why does she keep saying Gen Z? Gen Z are people born between 1999-ish to 2015. So we're talking about 9-year-olds to 25-year-olds. They make up 26% of the global population, which is 69 million people. Historically, like I said a moment earlier, this is going to be the largest generation thus far to ever walk the planet. 
So just to scaffold down to what really matters for us, uh, let's talk about America and what Gen Z looks like here in America. The population just in our country is 12.8 million. It is 20% of the American population. They are the first digitally native generation. Some have little, if not any, remembrance of life outside of a smartphone. So with that knowledge, we know rapid response is all they know. Sure. You know, um, information overload, give it to me now, very quick response. Waiting is probably, um, patience is probably not a strong characteristic of this generation. Um, They can get things, they're innovative, they're creative, they can get what they need as soon as they want it. Information's always been there relationships are always available, everything. They're the most well-educated generation to to come. 57% are going to college or at least have one parent in the home that has a college education. They are the most racially and ethnically diverse age group in the U.S. 52% of Gen Z is Caucasian, and by 2026, the U.S. Census Bureau projects that the majority will be non-white. 22% 22% have at least one immigrant parent. That's wild. That is very wild. Um, this is just, we're getting a world view of what it's going to take to, to reach this, this demographic and this age group. One in four are Hispanic. And just to show the growth as millennials, which is our generation, it was 17% Hispanic. And in one generation, that bumped up 8%. So their strongest two values are freedom to express thought, which is why they are the front runners of the gender identity movement, and they demand diversity. What I was researching stated that they demand diversity over a competitive salary. That's how important it is to them when they look on a workforce, that they see representation before they even look at how much they're going to be offered to get paid. Now, where do you think that comes from? Well, if we have one in four Hispanic, that's true. Yeah. You know, um, we're just seeing a, a whole different dynamic of this generation. They're majority minority, so coming into an environment that doesn't have a little representation of themselves, they don't feel welcome, don't feel safe, um, anything like that. So it's important as we as we move forward just to keep these two values in mind because it everything stems back to it, in my opinion. As, as I was looking at the data and. To share, I had to look at this through the lens as an educator as well. This was very important to me as I'm, um, you know, in K through 5 education. I could not ignore, like, these are my kids. Right, yeah. And um, I've got to, I've also taught middle school. Those are my children. And it makes sense to me sometimes when I was reading these values. I'm like, okay, I I now see why they would argue Mm -hmm. with curriculum. Because it's like, but my thoughts are. Right. You know? I think this way. So boundaries, uh, they are, they're going to challenge. So there are, after looking at all this data, I found four predicaments that we could narrow down that we've got to, as a church body, as the body of Christ, we've got to find a way into these areas. We, we all need a plan as leaders in the, in the church to place territory, to place... Um, presence in these four areas um anything y'all have in your mind so far before we jump into them now i was just thinking about uh, you know <clears throat> and it's just random but um you're talking about how uh the you know the patience the rapid response 
you know, and who is the leading force behind TikTok right now is is Gen Z. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have several um, videos that are like for the older crowd on TikTok that were born in the nineteen. You know, <laughs> and then people are like, wait, 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 hold on. That's me. You know, the early two thousands. It's like holy. So, um, mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, th- they're the ones that are leading, and in fact. TikTok is a platform for creativity right now. So it walks hand in hand that, you know, that creative side, that free thought side, um, and that rapid response. You know, you can just, you know, go to the next video, next video, next yeah. video. Um, it's it's amazing to see those stats line up with real world um, uh, you, platforms, I guess. Have y'all watched a YouTube video with a teenager? Uh, no, with my nine-year-old, though. They can't just Mm-mm. watch. There is no watching the YouTube no. video straight from the beginning. To nope, the nope. Next is boring. And they can, you know, drag yep. the clip as where they want to get to the point. So, I, you know, that looks so different from us. That that wasn't an option. I think of my teenage. So, just to put it in perspective, me and a teenager, no social media platform had been developed yet. Right. Smartphones I did not have. Now, yep. it might have been available, but my parents said no. So, I'm like... In order for me to have watched a video, I had to leave the family and go sit in another room on right. the computer. Yeah. In the order gateway. <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> order to watch a video, my household, again, I, my brother and I neither had a, a TV in our bedrooms. We had a game room because my brother was a gamer. Yeah. And he could go spend hours on the PlayStation, but I, that wasn't me. So for in order for me to watch TV, it was in the living room with parents. That was just... There was no submersion or isolation in going and sitting and being away and watching what you want to. Right. So this is that plays into where we're about to go with this social media, uh, what I would like to call number one, social media setback. Is, yeah. Is what we, I, I think it's such a counterfeit of relationships because when you look at these stats, you're going to be like, wait a minute, for someone who's so enveloped and like just involved in it, how, how are they feeling this way? Mm-hmm. 71% of teens spend more than three hours watching videos a day. I feel like that has to be conservative. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and then I'm thinking, <laughs> how do like you I've got that beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking how, how is it? And maybe again, I have a whole different viewpoint. How do you go to school from eight to three and then get home and are allowed to do that? These these parents out here are crazy, man. It's a different it's a different dynamic, you know. And so for for a Gen Zer who might be listening, I, is is this the the hours of the night? Like, are you on your phone between ten and two? Oh wow! Yeah. Or are we are you missing out on family between three and seven? Yeah. Watch like where is this happening? Well, you got to understand too. A lot of these guys are being raised by millennials, who were the first internet. You mm-hmm. know, I mean the as far as. Uh, the generation that, w- you know, was introduced to the internet, AOL, you've got mail, you know, like um, they were the ones that that first explored this and, you know, have you know, grown up with it um, as opposed to actually born into it like yeah. uh, these guys. So um, a, the dynamic has changed mm-hmm. from our parents, millennials parents, to now Gen Z having millennials as parents. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So 60% of them check YouTube once a day. Instagram is the most used platform. And this is interesting. So the data that I was coming from was Barna. So anyone who might be listening thinking, where did she get her statistics? This is all from Barna. Um, And TikTok was created in 2016. 
they reported Instagram as the most used social platform of 2019. So I'm wondering, there, there's probably some data missing. Yeah, I think TikTok's taken over now. Yeah, so in two, I would believe that as well. 64% of uh, Gen Z check Instagram daily. 51% check Snapchat, Snapchat daily. They prefer, this one I would love to hear what you guys think. They prefer messaging over face-to-face encounters. Why would you think, what would be your thoughts on that? I don't know. I think most millennials are that way too. Uh, you know what I mean? As far as like, don't call me, you know, send me a text. Yeah. Or, you know, don't just show up in my house, man. D- okay, like, I am with know, that one, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, hey, hey. So, <laughs> you don't know what's going on in here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Why? What, what's your thought on that? I, I, my thoughts, tone gets removed when you're when you're reading something uh Uh, facial expression is removed gestures are removed even like when you're in in a conversation face-to-face pauses like when someone's thinking their thoughts out that that's removed because it's a rapid response Mm. so any amount of waiting when you're and and i would think because of that there's no filter on your thoughts either Mm. you're you're just you're it's all you know, robotic almost of yeah. whatever I think I'm going to put there and then we'll handle it afterwards versus if you're in person, you're a little bit more reserved on what you're going to say because you don't yeah. want to see what their face looks like afterward. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you don't, there's no need to focus in on the conversation. I can be doing a thousand things, That's true. get the text message, get a little reply and go back to doing whatever I'm doing. So there's never that engagement of one-on-one eye mm-hmm. contact, like you were saying, seeing the emotion behind what you're saying. Because how many times have we read a message? Maybe you're angry in the moment. They send something very... Yeah, emotional. Emotional or or just, it's just bland. But because you're angry, you're putting your tone on it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they're being mean to me. It's like, no. I was just right. saying, hey. And yeah. then you like, you see, and it's like, hey. And it's like, <laughs> what? No, I'm, I'm just Why saying. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So... so there's this, uh, like you were saying, the tone is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a detriment on their part because they're not hearing mm-hmm. the emotion behind it. They're not seeing the eye contact, the the facial expressions, the demeanor, of, and they're losing the way of how to be in a relationship with people. Right, right. I agree with that. And and, and, and when you're in a message. Have y'all ever been in a group chat or something and someone's like celebrating this and then someone drops in here like, hey, can y'all pray? This is very hard for me right now. So we're like rejoicing and then all of a sudden, bam, here comes this very deep thought. That doesn't happen when you're in a regular conversation because like you're saying, all of of the circumstances around are not Mm. surrounding you because you're focused on, hey, I'm sitting on your couch. Mm, I'm paying attention to you. We're listening to one another and my mind's not over in left field. So I, I I agree with you. I've even on on Instagram, where someone's constantly sending me you know clips of this emotion, and then all of a sudden here comes this, and so I'm laughing with her, and then <laughs> the next post it's like whoa yeah now I've got to shift gears right that was hard I, yeah and I, I feel like the the art of the kitchen table you know mm. conversation has been lost, um, but you know we have um, uh, several Gen Z. Um, kids that come here on Sunday nights uh, to our Bible study service, um, and man, they love it. They're totally engaged. Mm-hmm. They are one hundred percent focused. You know, and I don't know if it's because it's different from what they're used to. Um, 
um, or it's just something they're passionate about or whatever. But, you know, I don't ever see them, you know, like, oh, it's boring. You know, like, when's this guy going to shut up? No, they yeah. are, like, engaged, and they're ready to answer, and they're ready to, you know, ask questions. And so. Well, it's all interesting. That's what I wanted to hear from you guys, what you thought of yeah, that. Yeah, I had a uh, thing recently where um, there was a problem presented to me through text message. And uh, so I told, my, I told my wife, I said, uh, let me just call this guy. Let's, let's go ahead and just figure this out instead of trying to. He texts, I call, and <laughs> does not yes. answer. Yeah. You were such a millennial. And I'm like, <laughs> let's like get this figured out. So there's, I don't know if there's this, uh, this fear of conflict, but like you said, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, they used to call it liquid courage, you know, if you, yeah. that you just have this courage if you were uh, under the influence, but there's like this, this courage behind the keyboard mm-hmm. where I can say anything I want and there's no repercussions and I don't have to hear it. But then it's like a phone call. It's like, oh, now I have to hear how you think about it. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And then I have to actually engage. Mm-hmm. There's so, immediate repercussions. Exactly. You know, uh, or responses. I don't to get to Google saying. what to say next. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know what generation thinks it's best to do FaceTime. Y'all, y'all have those people, too? It's You're texting and they FaceTime. people. That's what they <laughs> Actually, I do... F- I, I do FaceTime a lot, too. I'm like texting it, somebody and then, wait a, minute, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, man. <laughs> oh, so, interestingly enough, despite being part of the most connected generation, because they are, they are the most connected generation, 50% report that they are anxious and lonely. In 2019, wow. one in 17 were reported to be taking prescription drugs due to some type of disorder. So, I would question... Is social media a meaningful connection for this generation? And something, I didn't write this down uh, to talk about, but something I recalled while I was looking out, pages and accounts that Gen Z are following, the top two are celebrities and meme accounts. Oh, wow. So that is no relationship there. If all you're following are people that do not know you, you're liking someone else's lifestyle that's never going to engage with you. Yeah. You're just submerged in I want what they have and they're going to die and leave this earth and never care who you were because they don't know. Right. And then you you might love this meme and it's making you laugh and you feel joy from it or whatever, but that's that's dead too. We don't even know who wrote it. So I that that's different than my following account. I don't follow celebrities like that. Like I would much rather see what is going on in people's lives that Absolutely. I know. But I did not know that was intriguing to me because I did not know that there are people who really are not paying attention to anybody in their community. You know, I, I think I saw this, uh, and I'm on TikTok. I, I enjoy it thoroughly, actually, because the the person and everyone has their opinions about it. I get it. Uh, I was slow to get on, but the reason why I really enjoy it is because of one of the um, one of the guys that are on it came on and was like the reason why TikTok is so popular is because it puts an emphasis on people's thoughts. You're, it feels like you're really getting to know the person who's speaking. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds whatever, but you know, as opposed to it being like a a quick reel, you know what I mean? Or something people get on and they actually share their thoughts and their minds and their emotions and you know, what's going on in their life on a daily basis. It's interesting to watch. Um, and whatever niche you're into, you know, whatever um, you enjoy listening to or learning about, you can find that there and uh, find someone that relates to you on that. 
and it's it's becoming super popular. It's a listen. I agree that it is a counterfeit, mm. but it's funny that they're finding it through a screen uh, easier than they are doing it in real life. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put a solution on this one to see uh, what the church's response needs to be with this social media because if if 98% of Gen Z has a phone, we've got to be involved online. Mm. So I, the church has got to have a presence online. The body of Christ, um, pastors, whatever whatever role you have, but we, we cannot remove ourselves from that. And in, to, in order for us to reach Gen Z, we have got to have a presence specifically on social media. The church um, has to have a diverse staff. If the staff is predominantly white, Gen Z is just going to overlook them and consider them out of touch with today. Wow. Again, in 2026, like two years from now, a minority is going to be majority. So they're going to be looking for that and at that. I would even suggest being bilingual and offering bilingual um, like opportunities and resources is going to attract Gen Z. One in four are Hispanic. Let's learn Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's offer Spanish. Let's do something for that culture. If one in four, like... That we have to shift. Yeah. And um, we have got to youth pastors at this moment. I, my suggestion, you, whatever you're doing on Wednesday nights needs to also have a presence online. However you want to chop it up. However you want to, because it says that Gen Z's attention span is eight seconds. Find a way to chop up your message in eight seconds. So I would, I would do something like what is the takeaway you want your kids to go home with? That one sentence should be a video. Like that is what I would, I would do for Gen Z right now is like they they just have to have some component online. To take it and and build with that, but yeah. that was that's what I think with social media, it's not going away, it's important to them, and we just have to find a way to use it as a as a tool. That's really good. I was think I'm thinking about the implications or you know the, the how to actually apply that. I should say applications. Uh, how to apply that, and that that's really good. That's yeah. really good. And a lot of people, I'm sure you're listening to this, especially if you're in ministry, mm. like some of you are like, well, I don't want to have to do that. Like right. they just it's need to double come to work. church. Yeah, but let me say this: it's uncomfortable to go out on the streets and Man. witness. <laughs> so, just because it's uncomfortable and it's something you're not used to, like this is the world we're living in. Yeah. It. it I mean. As long as the, the, the message hasn't changed, man, we'll do whatever we can to reach these people because, hey, you're not going to find them on the streets. They're in the rooms, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, a, on a tablet, mm-hmm. on a phone. They're not coming out, you know, that, that those days of just seeing kids in the, in the backyard playing together, you know, the whole neighborhood like that. That's, that's a rare thing. I, I, I don't ever see it. Like, you're going to have to meet them where they are. And right now, where they are is on their phones, yeah, the tablets, the television. So we we got to find a way to engage with them. Well, and unfortunately, the pandemic kind of concreted, concreted that, right? You know, it, more than ever. You know, if they couldn't go outside and play with other friends, you know, they were doing everything online. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we have the metaverse that is just, I mean, in the baby, in, you know, infant stages of you know getting started where you can meet online and see each other so um all right so we're going to uh call that a wrap on the first part um catch us on the second part we're going to go over a few more points and uh offer some solutions i hope this has blessed you in some way